to making business profitable with EGS. What is EGS? It's EBITDA Growth Systems. What is EBITDA? EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Why is EBITDA important? Because it tells you how much your business is worth. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double your profits within three years or give you your money back. And today's topic is, is it important to have a good manager? And uh, man, this is where my heart is at right here. I mean, I, I, I love talking about management development, leadership development. So this is, I love this. Have you ever, have you ever had like a bad manager oh my word it's it's the better question is have i ever had a good manager well give me i know i'm gonna dig into this i'm not yeah. letting you skate right by yeah. it i want to hear about one of your bad man what was the worst manager you ever had worst manager i ever had was a a guy uh i can't remember his name but that's okay uh what made him a bad manager first of all he smoked like a like a a chimney, but this is back when you could smoke in the office. But smoke like a chimney in the winter time in rural Colorado. No, this was in Washington D.C. I'm so, just saying he smoked like that. Yeah, he smoked like that. Yeah, like a couple packs a day. Yeah, and I think what made him the, the thing that stuck out to me as a young professional, what made him a really bad manager, is the dude had no backbone whatsoever, conflict averse, um, just turn his head. He was a we were writing an accounts payable purchase order system for the Department of Health and Human Services. So it was a huge project. And this guy was technically competent. I mean, he was an incredible uh, accountant who understood information technology systems. So understood why he, had, why he had the job, but just a terrible manager. So give me, give me an example of something he just wouldn't confront. Well, we, we would run into issues um, around fund accounting, federal fund accounting, um, how is a accounts payable uh, chart going to be built in the system for you know two days, three days, four days? I mean, all kinds of technical issues, and uh, so we were pretty smart on his team, and so we would come up with some pretty good solutions. And if it was a really good solution, it was his solution. So uh... yeah, so. You know, you'd be sitting in a meeting and then the client would say, you guys are brilliant. This idea around how we handle accounts payable, I don't know how you guys came up with that. And then we'd look over like, dude, you stole our idea. And and no attribution whatsoever. I've, I've heard of that a ton. I, I once had a manager that every time I went and asked him a question, a tactical question about running a shop, there was a shop I was running, and uh, he would a- ask me a question. And one time it was, it came review time and, you know, every year we'd sat down or whatever. And I said, you know, I just, uh, just give me like a minute, you know, how am I doing? And he looked at me and he said, I don't know. How are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, I think I'm doing pretty good. And he said, well, there you have it. And that was the end of the conversation. I'm like, that's so everything. It, it was like talking to Confucius every, every time I had a conversation. But the funny thing is he was in his office, yeah. super wise guy, under, understood SPC so well understood process flow so well and in his office he got out of his car he went in his office he went to the restroom he went back in his office and he got back in his car and he went home 
to the point we had about 140 employees and one lady came up to the front desk to ask uh, the lady at the front desk was handling some HR things so one of our employees came up and she asked the uh, the office person the office manager hey can you help me out with this and then he walks out to his car and he says hey can I help you um, is there anybody you're looking for here and she's like I work here he didn't even know who she was oh that's really really bad it was but it was so disconnected to where he didn't know her normal struggles in the shop didn't know who worked there um, so everyone like oh that guy he was obviously in it just for himself so every all the assumptions right wrong or indifferent man he drove quite an attitude well I'm gonna have to confess that in the environment I just told you about on that big huge project very visible I mean um, all the way up to the president of the United States actually uh, I felt like there was power lying around on the floor, so I picked it up. So there was a huge management void that's there. What doer, that's what doers do. That's what I did. I was like, you know what? I think, I think we need some leadership around here. That's and right. So I grabbed that mantle. So let me ask you another question. How many? I see it all the time. How about the employee that just does a you know a smash up job with what he's doing and gets promoted to a manager and has no management skills? Tremendous acumen as far as technical skills tremendous technical skills and then they get promoted right out of everything they're good at have you ever seen that oh my gosh particularly in sales but the Gallup organization says that happens all day every day 14% of those people are going to be successful 86% of them are going to fail miserably because they don't know anything about managing don't they know, know how to run a machine they know how to do accounting they know how to do all this stuff they don't know they don't know people they don't know communication they don't right. know confrontation and conflict all these things they have no idea so what do they do they don't they don't uh, and that's worse than that's worse than giving them a shot right because I I mean I had a boss named Dennis Tybel this guy was a Purdue uh, linebacker and uh, you know what I call people from you know what I call Purdue yeah yeah for don't yeah well he's he was a Purdue <laughs> linebacker and this guy was more I'm go Penn State I'm that guy. he was a big fella and he was he had a very aggressive personality and uh, I used to think that he was a poor manager but not so much because uh, I could predict him he would make decisions it's not that he would abdicate his role he would make decisions that I didn't particularly like but I learned that I could manage him um, because I could predict him and you know if you're gonna be a bad manager at least be a predictable bad manager yeah I've seen a lot in places where people are great at engineering great at spreadsheets and they get promoted to a manager and they stay great at engineering they stay great at spreadsheets but they don't improve communication right. they don't have a good schedule people don't know where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there and what's expected of them and then when there's big problems of course those problems are never addressed like yeah. say say someone hits somebody else just on the backside in the shop, well, we'll just ignore that. But you can't do that. No, no, not today. I mean, you're going to lose your business. I think I think there's two really big deals as it relates to becoming a manager. If you want to move from the 14% to the 86%, the root is communication. You've got to learn how to communicate. And then I think the second part of that is you have to be able to confront an engaging conflict. I mean, so when we talk about really good now, managers... hold on a second. That's all communication. It is all, all communication. communication yes. Yeah. So communication is at its foundation. 
but you could be a really good communicator but be risk averse or conflict averse and so you just avoid that but if you're a good communicator and you're willing to jump into the fray um, that's what makes a good manager I think and what makes a great manager is somebody who's very good at communicating and very good at executing and you mix those two and that guy's a rock star so if you're really good at executing and you have a desire to learn how to communicate better sure you sure. too can be a phenomenal manager for sure yeah but that execution piece is where the technical person is like no way am I gonna take I'm used to I'm used to being a hundred percent technical and now you're asking me to be 20% technical and um, you know I don't know, I can't do the math, 30, I'm an English major. 20% technical, 40% uh, planning and organizing, and then 40% managing others. Yeah, the delegation part, you can't, just, you're right, just because you're great at being technical, your technical skills are super high, when you go into management, you aren't doing those technical skills, you're delegating and you're yes. teaching and you're communicating at that point, you aren't, your hands aren't touching the product anymore. If you're right, manager. right. You're actually driving others to do that product and you want to drive them to where they smile and they know and they feel positive about what's going on, right? Sure, sure. And so when you speak of execution, you're right. It's not it's not you, the manager, executing because that's, that's just you. Yesterday I was an individual contributor. Today I'm a manager, but I'm still doing my individual contributor job. There's all kinds of issues associated with that. The number one being the guy who took your job, he's outside parking cars or something because he can't do his job, you're doing it for him. That's right. And then there's no one doing the management job. So execution is getting things done through others. That's what a manager does. And the top managers have to set their management structure up to where it's right and they're doing this stuff and they have the ability to be proper managers. So if you're a C-level employee, you got to make sure your VPs have everything they need to be right. And if you're a VP level employee, you got to make sure the employees, the general managers, and the leaders and division division managers have everything they need to be able to do their job to where they don't have to go out there and and literally do it all with their hands. But they have the right amount of team and they have the right amount of education and training. Because if you try to run an organization without investing training and education into people, you are not a good manager. Well. And Dave, you know, um, I talk about a 20-foot boat and a 30-foot boat. The difference isn't just 10 feet. It's 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 a bigger boat. It's got more systems. And you go from a 30-foot boat to say a 50-foot boat. It's more than just 20 feet. I mean, it's it's a lot more boat. And um, well, that's going ocean faring and non ocean faring. Totally. And so if you're a, I don't know, if you're a 10-person company. Um, it's a boat that you can kind of handle yourself. And so, yeah, if you have management skills, cool. If you don't, who cares? Because you can kind of handle the boat yourself. But you better be able to delegate. You can't do all the 10, 10 people stuff yourself, right? But not well, but you might survive. Yep. But by the time you get to a 20-foot boat, it's too big of a boat. You can't, well, and to extend our metaphor, maybe by the time you get to a 40-foot boat, you're going to need some help. You can't dock that thing by yourself. You can't see both sides I mean you have to have a manager you have to have people around that boat looking at different angles edges you have to have a deckhand yes so imagine a fortune 500 company a fortune 100 company to extend our boat metaphor that's an enormous that's cruise, cruise ship. ship yes and so uh, that's why corporate America spends 80 billion dollars a year 80 billion dollars a year on training and development because they know 
we got a cruise ship, and if we let one guy try to dock this thing, he, it's he's going to take out the south side of Miami. I mean, it's just it's going to be a little problematic. It's going to be it? problematic. Or so he might drop that cruise ship into Lake Michigan. Totally. Problem. Yeah. So they understand we have to train managers because we have to get things done through our employees, and we need managers to make that happen. It's the same for small and medium-sized companies. It's just not as acute. They don't realize it. Managers have to know that your employees, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's you know, that phrase is used a ton, but it's so true. When you do, when you're, one of your employees do a good job, you need to tell them they do a good job. The, the typical thing is you figure, you find every, you're smart, you've been around, you have the technical skills, so you get into a manager and you tell everybody what they're doing wrong and what they need to fix so they can get better. Sure. But you don't stop for a second and say, hey, you know, if you twist this knob before you push that button, it'll save you a minute and really help out, help you out throughout the day. Sure. But they sure. don't say, but you know, I noticed that you clean up your area every day before you leave and you do an impeccable job and you have a place for everything and everything in its place and you help others whenever they need help. You know, that means a lot. That's awesome. Good job. Keep that up. That goes so far. Yes, but that small to medium-sized business team lead, he doesn't know or she doesn't know what she doesn't know. And in training, she learns, hey, you should uh, acknowledge, just if they're doing something approximately right, you should recognize it because it goes such a long that, way. That's right. There's so, there's a huge hole in encouragement. Yeah. Um, just encouraging your people to do the right thing and get in there and help out the team and be part of, be part of something bigger than yourself. There's a lot of fun in that. Yeah, there's also a lot of profit in it, Dave. I mean, when I think about what a bad manager does, a bad manager uh, ends up with a disengaged team or a disengaged workforce. Which one? Because I'm sure it's turned over one or two times. Uh, disengaged? No, if it's a bad manager, his uh, turnover is so high. Yeah, yeah, that his yeah. team's brand new all yeah, the totally. time. Totally, yeah. Oh, I got you, I got you. Yes, so disengaged, and so the retention becomes an issue. And retention is so expensive. Disengagement is so expensive. When you go to work and you're highly engaged, you're gonna produce 100 widgets. If you go to work and you're not engaged, if someone's looking at you, you'll produce 25. If no one's looking at you, you might not produce any today. I just got off the phone with the with a owner of a company in Northern Indiana, and and I, I was talking to him about, hey, are they, are they looking for a potential sale or what are they doing, you know? And uh, they saying, oh, we got a brand new staff, we got new management. I'm like, dude, I just talked to you a year ago and you said the same thing. How many new staffs, new management are you going to go through? Boy, because, would I smoke this fire, huh? Oh man! And then, and then a good friend of mine works for them, and I was like, "Wow, just wow!" I mean, it's like scorched earth. How like, expensive is that? Well, it's about what two and a half times. So, yeah. if yeah. your employee makes fifty grand a year, you can take two and a half times that. So, about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars it cost you. Well, how can and, and tell me, how you how do you get to two and a half times expense? We can talk about employee retention all day, but how do you even get to that two and a half times? Well, I think the biggest the, the biggest contributors to that number is you have if you don't have an employee in that role, then that work's not getting done, and you're not billing for it. So I mean, that, the opportunity cost is enormous. But then once you get someone in that position, they are a drain on your organization because the people that are existing in the organization have to train this person. It takes 90 to 180 days to get up to speed. And then you need speed. someone, and then you need somebody that's good at that to be right beside them. So you're paying two people to do that Absolutely. job. Absolutely. And so then you have mistakes that wouldn't have been made by the guy that had been there two or three years. Now I mean, all of a sudden, two and a half sounds like it's uh, oh my. conservative. Well, I mean, we've seen we've seen that number close to four to six times the cost of an employee. 
So if you got a good one, you need a good manager, man. If you're going to retain them. And then the next piece is uh, customer. You know, you, so if you have disengaging uh, employees, when the customer calls, they're talking to a disengaged employee. There's all kinds of statistics around smiling on the phone. You know, people pick up on that. If, you, if you're hating your job, the, the experience that your customer is having with your value proposition is one of, ah, this doesn't feel very good. And so all of a sudden you're turning over customers. You know how much more it costs to attain a new customer than try to sell to an existing customer? A ton. But yes. let me boil that down a little bit. And if you're a bad manager, you may be having a time in your life being on top of the heap. But if everybody below you is having a horrible time, <laughs> guess what? Your customer's having a horrible time too. Absolutely. And if your customer's having a horrible time, bro, yeah. slow it down. Focus on being a manager and, and invest. And companies and companies don't invest in their managers enough because the managers are so busy. If I take them off the line, take them off managing that project, it's going to fail. But are you teaching them project management? Are you teaching them how to communicate? Are you teaching them how to delegate? Are you teaching her how to read the situation and how to deal with conflict and confrontation? I mean, what are you doing for your people? Ask yourself that because you know what? It's time to invest in your people. When is the time to invest in your people? All the time you invest in your people. Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do because we want to impact lives through improving business performance. If you want more information, go to our contact page at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com. That's E-B-I-T-D-A growthsystems.com.